Hey everybody, if you have your Bibles, electronic devices, you can click to, turn to with me, Joshua chapter 1, uh, verses 1 through 9 is where we're going to be this morning. If you don't have a Bible, electronic device, no worries. Uh, the words uh, to the scripture is going to come up on the screen in a few minutes as I, as I read them, but just real quickly, I, I woke up this morning and stepped outside and I, I kind of felt like for a moment I'm like back in Texas. It's just, it's just like wet and humid and that faint smell of mildew in the air. And so that's what, that's what I grew up with and it kind of reminded me of home. And you know what? I don't know if you're like me, it, it just frustrates me so much whenever my phone wakes me up with a weather alert. Just let, I'm good with sleeping through it. I, I am totally okay with just totally sleeping through it instead of every device in the house lighting up and sounding some alarm like there's this weather coming. But anyway, I needed to get that off my chest. I feel better now. I hope you do too. So if you have your Bible's electronic devices, where we're going to be, and it's going to take us a few minutes to get there, Joshua chapter 1, verse 1 through 9, we're going to look at the life of Joshua. Last week, if you were with us, uh, we looked at the life of Caleb, and Caleb is like one of the heroes of the Old Testament uh, for me, just, just his life, a life of faithfulness and a life of trusting him. But his buddy was named Joshua, and Joshua and, and, and Caleb, were, they were like friends. And so when you realize their story, I think that especially this morning, we're going to look at the life of Joshua. We're going to look at this issue of how to conquer the giants, how to deal with a giant in your life or that thing that gives you fear, that thing that kind of paralyzes you, that thing that, that you know is going to take faith or it's going to take God to do something to walk through. The, see, that's the life of Joshua. Just a little bit of history so that we kind of have a footing of where we're starting with this with sermon, and then we'll get to Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 and 9. But Joshua and Caleb were a part of the children of Israel. They're part of the original 12 spies that went into the land. Moses was leading the children of Israel to the promised land, the land of Canaan. And so God told them as they got to the border, the people were getting a little nervous. So God told Moses, take 12 men, one from each tribe of Israel, send them into the land to spy out the land, make sure it's, it's flowing with milk and honey, and then, then spy out the land and bring back a report how to take the land. It, they, they, Moses wasn't asking the people to go in, the spies to go in and determine if God's in it or not, if we should do it or not. He was simply saying, go in, develop a plan so that we can take everybody in, we can feed them, we can take the giants and all of those other things. And so, so the 10 go in. And 10, I'm sorry, 12 go in, 12 come out. And there were 10 spies that gave a negative report. That's what the scripture says. We looked at that last week. It wasn't an honest report. And so the 10 come out and say, you know what? It is a land full of milk and honey. It's a great place. The problem is there's giants in the land. We appear, I mean, we would be like grasshoppers to these guys. And, and they're going to destroy us. They're going to kill us. God is not in this. We cannot do this. Do not do this. Do not do this. But the two, Joshua and Caleb, came out, and they gave what the Scripture says. They gave an honest report, and they say they're exactly right. It's a land full, flowing with milk and honey, and there are giants in the land, but guess what? With God's help, we can take them. If God's called us to do this, we should do this. Let's go. Let's just go and trust God. But unfortunately, which, which happens a lot of times in life, people believe the negative report, not the positive report. And all of a sudden, there was fear that came in to Moses as a leader, to the children of Israel. It says they began to, like, tear their clothes. They're in deep mourning, like, don't make us go in. We'll die. Our children will die. And all of a sudden, they came to that place, and they began to turn back. So instead of listening to God, they listened to the ten. 
Instead of listening to the promises of God, they listened to the promises of these men. These men said, I promise you, if we go in, God's not in this, and we're, we're going to die, and not only us, but our children. And so they were using fear tactics. And so you have this guy, Joshua. And Joshua and Caleb were, were the two, right? And Joshua was like, he was like the number two guy. He was the associate pastor, maybe, to, to, to Moses, if you would. Joshua was the guy that presided over the tent of meetings. Joshua was the one that would lead alongside with with Moses and Joshua is saying we should go in and now we come to the place in the story where Moses is going to die and God comes to Joshua and says get the people ready and lead them into the promised land and so let, let's just read a little bit of the background of the story in Deuteronomy 1 verse 37 so that we can understand this and so God's talking to Moses and he said the Lord was angry with me also because of you and said you will not enter there either. So now God's saying the children of Israel, because they didn't trust me, they're not going to enter the land. Moses, you're not going to enter the land. Joshua, son of Nun, who attends you, the number two in charge, the associate pastor, will enter the land. So here's what you need to do. Encourage him, for he will enable people to inherit it. And then look at this, verse 39, so interesting. Your children, who you said would be plunder, your sons who don't know good from evil, will enter there. I will give them the land. They will take possession of it. But you are to turn back and head for the wilderness by the way of the Red Sea. So God is telling Moses at this point that guess what? When you said that your children become plunder, they're, they're going to get to inherit the land. They're gonna, they're, the promise is still good for them. In other words, he didn't hold the children accountable for the sins of their parents, and that's important for us to understand. They hadn't reached the age of accountability, the age of consciousness. They didn't know right from wrong. And so God is not holding the children responsible for the decisions of mom and dad. And so God's telling Moses, go back into the wilderness. You're not going to enter the promised land. One day Joshua will lead the people. When this generation dies out, those that didn't have the faith to go out, and your children will enter the land. And so now we find Joshua. And he's like on the edge of the promised land. And he's about ready to lead the people in. And it's interesting when you look at these scriptures, because I only have two principles this morning. And if we could understand these two principles when we face a giant, we'll understand what a giant is in our life that gives us stress or may paralyze us and, and it gives us fear and some of those other things. But when you look at Joshua, it's interesting to see that Joshua obviously had fear. The number of times that God told Joshua, when we read it, be encouraged, have courage, stand strong, walk in faith. Don't forget that I am with you and I will never leave you. I will never abandon you. You realize that Joshua's dealing with fear. Even though you're a Christian, even though you're a man or a woman of God, even though you're leading in ministry, if we're honest, we can all deal with fear. Doesn't matter who you are. See, Joshua, what the scripture says, Joshua's fighting battles from without and from within. Have you ever been there? You ever fought, felt bat, fought battles around, had fear without, and then fear within? And we find in these verses how Joshua overcame his fear. And Joshua had some giants that he needed to defeat in his life. And giants, listen, giants in your life and my life can be anything that keeps you from the promised land can keep you from the thing that God has for you. And it can be insecurity. It can be the fear of failure. It can be the fear of the future. It could be poor self-esteem, poor self-image, lack of faith. You can phrase this so many ways, but it's that thing that gives you fear. A giant in your life and a giant in my life will be that thing that appears to be larger than God, that God can never take care of. 
God can never take out of the way. God can never move that thing. That, that problem will never be solved in my life. That deal will never be uh, taken care of in my life. And maybe that's where you are this morning, especially in the time and the season in which we live that it just seems like, it just seems like, it, it just seems like we're in this for a lot longer than maybe we had anticipated. Maybe you have some giants and just fear of how things are going to work out. And how are things going to work out for you? And see, this issue of fear, fear could either empower you or it can, it can overcome you or it can, can paralyze you, dependent on how you and I respond to fear. A giant is that thing that will come up in your life when God tells you to walk by faith and you come up with all the reasons why you can't. A giant in your life is that thing that comes up in your life to where you think that, that God can never take care of that situation, can never take care of that problem. And you're just going to absolutely be destroyed if we're honest. If we're honest, we all have to deal with giants, including me. And we're in church. This should be the place that we're able to be transparent. This should be the place we're able to be honest. I mean, you look at Joshua. You look at what Joshua is about ready to accomplish. Joshua had fear. Joshua had giants. The issue is not whether you and I have fear. The issue is not whether we have giants. The issue is, is how are we going to handle it? How are we going to move forward in spite of our fear? Courage is not the absence of fear. Courage is a willingness to move forward in spite of your fear. This is the problem with the children of Israel. They had fear, but they didn't have courage. That's why we're going to read. Let's just read it now. Joshua chapter 1, verse 1 through 9. I don't want to preach the whole message without reading the text, but here's what it says. Verse 1, after the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant. So now you know he's the number two in charge. He's the executive pastor, associate pastor, however you want to phrase that. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now you and all the people prepare to cross over the Jordan to the land I'm giving the Israelites. And I've given you every place where your soul or your foot treads, just as I promised Moses. Your territory will be from the wilderness and Lebanon to the great river, the Euphrates River, and the land of the Hittites, and west of the Mediterranean Sea. No one, no one will be able to stand against you. Look at these promises. As long as you live, I will be with you just as I was with Moses. I will not leave you or abandon you. Be strong and courageous, for you will distribute the land. I swore to their ancestors to give them as an inheritance. Above all, he just keeps coming back to this. Be strong, be courageous. Above all, be strong, be very courageous to observe carefully the whole instruction. My servant, Moses, my servant Moses commanded you, do not turn from it to the right or to the left so that you will have success wherever you go. The book of instructions, talk about the Torah, you talk about the word, must not depart from your mouth for you are to meditate at what? You meditate it on day and night so that you may carefully observe everything written in it. For then you will be prosper and succeed in whatever you do. Haven't I commanded? You just see him again. He's coming back to this. Now you understand the fear that Joshua is facing. Haven't I commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord your God is what? The Lord your God is, where, is with you wherever you go. And that was not just a promise to Joshua. That was a promise to every generation. That is a promise to us. That God is going to be with you wherever you go. God will not leave you. God will not abandon you. The issue is not a giant. The issue is not your fear. The issue is not my giants or my fear. The issue is, is how are we going to move forward in spite 
of that thing that is in front of us, that thing that is overwhelming you, overwhelming us. So, so just, just this morning, just, just I hate to say quickly, because nobody believes that when a pastor says, hey, just quickly, let me say this, right? And so, so in the next 19 minutes and 8 seconds, how's that? Unless you distract me and I add something, okay? You know that whenever I say this is just for free, it, that means this is like not in my notes. I just had an ADD moment, and I hope it's from the Lord. And so, because it's not always, right? Sometimes I just say it because it's funny. And uh, may not be appropriate, but it was funny. But anyway, let's move on. Now, now you've talked me. Now I only got 18 minutes and 44 seconds. See what you've done? <laughs> so two principles this morning about giants, and it, it's your focus. Because the issue is, is what are you going to focus on? When your focus is on your giants, you will be paralyzed. When that is all you talk about, when that is all you discuss, when that is all you discuss over and over and over is your giant, your problem, that situation, that thing that gives you fear, you know what it does for you and you know what it does for me? It makes that issue psychologically in your mind bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And guess what? God gets smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. This is why, this is why God was telling Joshua, you just need to remember this. Be very strong. Be very courageous. Remember, I am with you. I will not abandon you. I will not leave you. He kept coming back to this. He kept, because why is it so many times we forget, if we're not careful, we forget that God is with us. Remember last week, and just, just a little bit kind of history so that we understand this. Last week I told you that when you and I pray in faith, God does just does not just give us something. He gives us someone. There is something better than the thing, and that is the one. That when you and I pray in faith, God gives us someone. Who? Who is that someone? That is himself. He gives us someone that says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will never abandon you. I am with you wherever you go. But see, here's the problem. Sometimes if we're not careful, when we pray, we focus on what? We don't focus on the someone. We focus on the something. We focus on the thing that we want God to do for us. We focus on that giant. We focus on that prayer request. We focus on that situation. And when we do that, we forget that he is with us. We forget that there's something better than the thing. And that is him. And that is being in his presence. And see, this is why. This is why God's coming back to Joshua. Just remember, just remember, I am with you. Just remember, I am walking. I will never leave you. I will never. Because if you've ever faced a giant, if you've better, ever been in a fight, if you've ever been in a storm, you know sometimes it's easy to forget that God's standing with you in the battle. I mean, this morning in Life Journal, and I don't know if you Life Journal with us, but it's just a systematic way we read through the Scriptures in a year. And we're in Psalm chapter 62, and, and the psalmist is just going through a battle. He's dealing with some giants. And he's just praying, God, would you just... Just you and you alone is my refuge. My soul just needs to rest in you. If you're not careful, you can focus on the thing, whether you need God to do something in a relationship, a situation with a child, with your family, with a job, with the economy, with your health. And if, if you're not careful and you focus on it so much, it becomes better. And this is, see, this is what happened to the children of Israel. They didn't focus on what God told them to do. You know what they focused on? They focused on the giants. They didn't even focus on the good parts of the promised land. Why is that? Why is that we have a tendency, just human nature, 
If we have a tendency sometimes to focus, we can have all this good stuff happening. And you know what we focus on? We focus on the bad stuff. We focus on that one bad thing. And that's what gives us fear. And they couldn't even look at the land of Canaan, the promised land, and see all the good parts of it. All they could see was the bad parts. And so they said, you know what? There's giants in the land. And guess what? We cannot overcome them. They're exactly right. Without the power of God, without God doing something, they couldn't. But see, they canceled God out of the equation. They no longer remembered that God was with them. They no longer remembered, and this is why they got destroyed. And they became paralyzed. They became bitter. They became angry, and all they did is complain. You know who is attracted to bitter people? No one. Oh, wait a minute, other than other bitter people. And this is what happened. This is what is happening with the children of Israel. When our focus is our giants, and not God, it will always, listen, it will always paralyze us. And listen, we've been around church. Most of us have been around church long enough to where we know when we're in church, we know the Christian language. And so we'll, we'll, we'll like look at one another and say, hey, the joy of the Lord is our strength, but we're, we're miserable inside. We have no joy. We just know we're supposed to say that as Christians, right? We just know that that's great Christian language. Or we say, you know what, brother? The battle is the Lord's. I'm so thankful. The battle is the Lord. But we feel so defeated inside. Or we talk about the higher ground of the Christian life, and we're even struggling just to stay where we are. And when you look at this issue, you realize that the, that the promised land is a place of new beginnings. And this group of people, they became paralyzed. See, they couldn't have a new beginning. And it's amazing to just study the story that, that Moses had led the children of Israel out from under the bondage of Pharaoh, of, of just brutality, starvation, slave labor. I mean, it was a difficult situation. And God did miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle, gets them up to the land of the promised land. After all God's done in their life, they're still afraid to trust him. Why? Because the issues of giants, Joshua 1.1, 1, 1, uh, it, says, it says, after the death of Moses, the Lord's servant spoke to, to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant. Now, Moses was, Moses was like God to the children of Israel. And when God had a, Moses, a message for the people, he gave it to Moses, and Moses delivered it to the people. And so they looked up, and so that's why God said, hey, just like I was with Moses, I'm, I'm going to be with you. And then you realize that God is really blunt in the way that he delivers tough messages. Like, he didn't say, like, form a committee and make a plan and all of those other things. Look at this verse 2. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now move. Now trust me. Now you and all the people prepare to cross over the Jordan to the land that I am giving to the Israelites. What they're, what, what they're taking? No, they're not taking all they have to do is walk in obedience. I'm, I'm giving you the land. Moses is dead. Moses is gone. Close that chapter. You need, don't be paralyzed. In life, there's transitions, right? In life, I mean, if we're honest and this morning, I mean, this is just a transparent, honest message. In life, we have difficult transitions. In life, we can have difficult things that happen. Divorce still happens and remarriage and bankruptcy and, and being fired and burying a child and dealing with prodigals and dealing with difficult relationships and, and things are going to change and unwed pregnancies and uncertainty about the future and unforgiveness and sin and losing jobs and losing all of these things. And that's just the stuff before the pandemic. <laughs> and then 15 months ago, we entered into like this perfect storm, right? 
perfect storm is when three storms come together at once. And we went into this perfect storm and just we had global, you know, a highly, highly volatile election year and global recession and a global pandemic. And now we go into that and 15 months later, we're still dealing with and people on both sides, people on both sides of the issues of how you should handle it, how you and people tying faith and all this other stuff. To, I am watching families divide. I am watching friends divide. I'm watching organizations divide because people are on the different sides of of the issue. So this list was just pre-pandemic. And now we have this pandemic that we're trying to n navigate through. And none of us know how long it's going to go on. And none of us know how long it's going to last. And a pandemic can bring up some issues in my life and issues in your life that you didn't know was there. And listen, if you and I do not understand new beginnings, if you and I do not understand how to transition from one thing to the other, you will be paralyzed if you focus on your giants, whatever they are. It's vaccination, mask, guidelines, social distancing, government, sickness, all of it. You will be paralyzed. You and I know when we're stuck, when we're just like the children of Israel, and we're just like going in circles. We're dealing with the same issue over and over and over. It's just a different day, but the same issue. We're, it's, it's like we, we're just like circling, and we keep facing and, and seeing the same giant in our life. So let me ask you, we'll stop right there. What, what are the giants that you're dealing with in your life? What gives you fear about the future? What is almost paralyzing to you, even if I brought this up? What is almost oppressive to you? When you look at Joshua and Caleb, here's the fascinating thing about this story. I mean, there, I, I could do a whole series out of just, this, these, these, just these few texts. What's so fascinating about this story? Joshua and Caleb wanted to do the right thing. 45 years prior to this, they said, let's go take the land. Let's trust God. Yes, we cannot take the giants on our own, but, but with God's help, we can do it. Let's do it. And so they were outvoted. I mean, there was like this major meltdown. And as a result of that, Joshua and Caleb suffered the same consequences as the children of Israel, and they wandered in the desert for about 40 years. They never talk about that wilderness experience in their life as wasted years. God was doing something in their heart and their life. One of the things that will keep you stuck and one of the things that will keep me stuck if when we forget whatever God has for you is ahead of you and not behind you. And so many times I can sit down with believers, I can sit down with Christians and they're stuck in their past, and they're talking about the wasted years, and they're talking about this bad decision, this bad situation that they had to go through, and they forgot that God was with them. They forgot, just like Joshua and Caleb, God was doing something. God was preparing. You're going to see that in a few minutes. We're going to have to move quickly, but you're going to see that in a few minutes. That God used those 40 years in Joshua and Caleb's life to go into the promised land, to bring them to the point that they would fear no man that God's voice was the strongest voice in their life. And we, we can get just some history in Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 11. He said, he said, this command that I give you today is certain, certainly not too difficult or beyond your reach. Why is that sometimes we talk about this, right? Well, whatever God's asked me is way too difficult. It's beyond my reach. Well, he says it's not. It is not in heaven so that you have to ask who will go up to heaven and get it for us and proclaim it to us that we may follow. And it is not across the sea so that you have to ask who will cross the sea and get it for us and proclaim it to us so that we may follow it. But the message is very near to you. 
in your mouth and in your heart so that you may follow it. You know what God's telling them? We're, we're going to read on starting in verse 15. Let's just... God's telling them, don't use the fact that you don't know exactly what to do to keep you from following me. Just take a step of faith, verse 15. See, today I've set before you life and prosperity, death and adversity, for I'm commanding you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways, to keep his commands, statutes, ordinances, so that you may live and, and multiply. That's, that's the sum of the Christian life. And the Lord your God may bless you in the land and you are entering to possess. But if your heart turns away, you do not listen. You are led astray to bow and worship to other gods, serve them. I will tell you today that you will certainly perish and will not prolong your days in the land and you're entering to possess across the Jordan. I call heaven and earth as witnesses against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Choose life so that your descendants may live. Love the Lord your God. Obey him. And remain faithful to him, for he is your life, and he will prolong the days of your, uh, as you live in the land the land swore to give to your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And so God just basically says, hey, there, there's two paths. You can either take a path that parts ways with him, or you can choose a path that he parts the way for you. And that is walking in faith. That's, that's like Moses, like the Red Sea. He chose that path, and God parted the sea, parted the way for him. And so the, the children of Israel just did not understand that God was bigger than their giants. Verse 2, again, he says, Moses, your servant is dead. Now you and all the, the people prepared to cross over to Jordan, the land that I'm giving you. And God had already given it to them. They just needed to possess it. There's a lot of people just like the, the children of Israel, and we'll move to the last point, but there's a lot of people just like the children of Israel. You know what the children of Israel were telling God? You know why they didn't go in the first time? They said, God, you move the giants out of the land, then we'll go. That's a lot of us. God, you take care of these problems. You blow the giants out. You blow this. You take care of this. God, you do this. I will faithfully follow you. And he says, no. No, you walk in faith. You walk in faith, and you allow me to take care of the giants. The second the last thing is this, is when you're focused on God, your, your giants will be par paralyzed. When you focus on God, when all of a sudden you realize when you pray in faith, faith God gives you someone, not something. That's what God, God was telling Joshua. You remember that I am with you. You remember, just be strong, be very strong, be very courageous. You remember that I'm with you. Verse 3, I've given you every place where the sole of your foot treads, just as I promised Moses. Here's the crazy thing. Joshua gives the children of Israel right up, right up to the boundary, right just about ready to go in. And all of a sudden, he sent some spy. All of a sudden, the people came back and said, there's giants in the land. We should not go. It's like deja vu all over again. That's what Yogi Berra says. And what is, what is Joshua going to do? Joshua, you know what? Joshua had no fear of man. And Joshua's like, well, I tell you what we're going to do. We're going to trust God. We're going we're gonna, we're gonna to go in because God has asked us to go in and trust him. And so whatever God has for you and whatever God has for me is ahead of you and not behind you. 
we get stuck because we're looking back at our past and we're thinking about those, those, those wasted years and am I disqualified? And, and, and the question and, and the answer is, is no, you are not disqualified. God forgives and God loves and get going. This is what he's saying. And so when you look at this, you realize that he was talking about this issue of obedience and, and stay in, in, in contact with me. So are you reading scripture? Are you praying? Are you allowing God to lead you? Deuteronomy 29, 29 says, the hidden things belong to the Lord our God, but the revealed things belong to us, our children forever, so that we may follow all the words of his law. That's why it's so important to, to read scripture and just to read the Bible because God reveals, it's him revealing things to us so that we can follow him. And so when you look at this, you realize that victory is assured for the person that trusts him. Verse 5 and 9 out of Joshua 1, just as a reminder, no one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. I will be with you. Just look at this. It's talking about his presence. As I was with Moses, I will not leave you or abandon you. Be strong and courageous, for you'll distribute the land. I swore to their ancestors to give them as an inheritance above all. Be strong, be very courageous to observe and carefully the whole instruction. My servant Moses commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or the left so that you will have success wherever you go. The book of instruction must not depart from your mouth. You're, you are to meditate. That means pray, to think on the scriptures, to meditate on it day and night so that you may be carefully observe everything written in. For then you will prosper and succeed in whatever you do. Haven't I commanded you? He just keeps coming back to this. Haven't I commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Why? For the Lord your God is with you. Do you know the reason we get discouraged? you know the reason we have fear? Because we forget God is with us. We forget that he is with us in the storm. He is with us in the battle. And when you look at this, God was promising his presence to Joshua and the children of Israel, the same that he does for us. That's why he came back, verse 7, above all, be strong and very courageous and carefully. Observe carefully the whole instruction my servant Moses commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or the left so that you will have success wherever you go. To where he's telling him, just resolve, just resolve to where I'm going to trust you. I mean, you look at this, verse 8. But the book of instruction must not depart from your mouth. You are to meditate on it day and night so that you may carefully observe everything written in it. And this is important. For then you will prosper, succeed in whatever you do. So what does prosper mean? See, in, in Western um, culture, Americans, whenever see, we see the word prosper, you know what we, we think? Financially. That's like money. That if I just trust him, it's just financial. No, it's much deeper than that. He's talking about this issue, this word prosperous in the, in the Hebrew means you will make spiritual progress. They were making spiritual progress in the wilderness. That's why they weren't wasted years to Joshua and Caleb. I'm telling you, there are some years that I've gone through in ministry. There are some times that I've gone through in ministry that I would tell you it was a wilderness experience for me. But something happened in my life. And I grew spiritually. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you say this if you've ever walked through a wilderness? If you've ever walked through a time where all of a sudden the someone meant more to you than the something. That just his presence was more powerful than anything he could ever give you. There is spiritual progress in that. 
See, this is, this is what that scripture is talking about. Success is just simply knowing and observing what God has called us to do. We make success in our culture and our society on so much external stuff. No wonder we live defeated lives. Because sometimes our definition of success needs to change. We make spiritual progress. When the someone is more important than the something. Are you facing a giant? You facing a giant. It's that thing that paralyzes you. That thing that you think God can never do. Would you remember this morning on authority of his word, his promise? He will never leave you. He will never abandon you. He is with you right now. Would you bow your heads with me and close your eyes?